dripping bonnets. Who's uh, introducing this one? What do we say? I can do it. What do we say? Say just improv. Say your heart. I'm gonna open this beer. You know, it's no one remembers what we did anymore. It's months. It's been so long. Okay. It's a wash. So welcome to Ripping Bonnets. I am Jessica. I am Kristen. I'm Liam. Uh, this week we are covering The Reckoning by Beverly Lewis. Yeah, that's her name. Yes. I can't remember much about this book because nothing fucking happened. Nothing happened. No. Oh, hang on. I have to put on pause. Someone's at my door. I <laughs> apologize. Okay. Hang on. Who has someone at their door? Like, what is this, 1999? That never happens to me anymore. The dick that I'm sucking just walked in the door. So. Oh, oh, hi, dick I that know. you're sucking. Well, he's not upstairs yet, but... The Reckoning, Beverly Lewis. So, um, Beverly Lewis may or may not have had a stroke uh, <laughs> prior to writing this book. I felt like I was sniffing glue the whole yes. time. I have a working theory that Beverly's just fucking autistic. Because I have several instances noted where, like, her, sh- her characters cannot take the perspective of other characters... But the reason I don't think she can be autistic is because an autistic person has much better attention to detail. <laughs> yeah, that would be. <laughs> that is a good point. Like, she goes into so much extraneous detail, but so much of it is wrong that she can't possibly be autistic. Because an autistic person would know that tables are not candlelit at breakfast. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that dick I was talking about just walked in and scared me and I wasn't <laughs> mask on it's fucking terrifying <laughs> not as terrifying as all the people out here on the west coast who aren't wearing a fucking mask Ooh. that is terrifying are the amish wearing masks no Jessica? no, they're, no. Ma- they're making them to sell to people but they are not wearing masks and they never stopped going to church and they never closed down their businesses are they quilted some of them are actually very nice <laughs> You're like, I own five. (laughs) No, I made my own. Come on now. Listeners, the reason that we are so bad at getting on task today is that we have not spoken together in several months because Leanne (laughs) was stranded out of the country. I read this book on March 14th, 2020. I know that because all my notes on my phone are dated that. And that was when I was on an airplane to Morocco. And then I just had to be in Morocco. (laughs) For how, like almost three months, right? Three months to the day, actually. Yeah, yeah. I left March 12th and I came back June 12th. I was in Morocco longer than I lived in my own apartment that I moved into in January. I came back and I didn't know where I kept stuff. So that is why we are so off task. We have missed each other greatly. So much. I really miss this. There's a lot that has happened. But not in the world of Beverly Lewis. No. No, there literally nothing happened in this fucking book. Nothing. All right, guys, I I have to make a confession. Isn't that the title of book two? I don't know. It's the title of some book we did. Yeah, they're all the same. Which sort of ties into my confession. Because I, despite my best efforts that went on until 3 o'clock in the morning last night, while my husband was out protesting, I was doing my part for society by failing to read this novel by Beverly Lewis. I could not finish it. So, I was thinking that maybe I would do the summary, and I'll summarize up until where I read to, and then I'm just going to start wildly speculating, and let's see if we've done enough of these for me to get it right. I love this idea. I think it's so good. Okay, I'm starting a timer for you. Hang on a second. One, not an hour. Oof, you sure don't need an hour to <laughs> oh, <God>. summarize this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the case at all. Okay, you ready? Oh, wait, wait. Before you start my timer, yeah, uh, I want to disclaim that because this book still is, like, hung up on this, like, Katie Catherine bullshit... <laughs> and I, like, do not have the patience for this distinction. Our main character shall henceforth be referred to as this dumb bitch. This dumb bitch. This dumb bitch yes. lap. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Okay, ready? Go. 
Okay, so we open on this dumb bitch in her improbable mansion, getting used to being rich and searching for her dead mother's diaries. We find her dead but not dead ex-lover in a bed and breakfast in Canandaigua that is, again, improbably described as being incredibly luxurious and candlelit at all times, including breakfast. Uh, he improbably meets a woman and her daughter from Kansas or some bullshit who are, like, obsessed with him. He tries to go see our heroine, and at the door, when he asks for Katie Lapp, for some godforsaken reason, her staff thinks that they are look he's looking for the imposter. Which makes no sense, because that woman's name was not actually Katie Lapp, and our heroine's name was Katie Lapp for 20 years. But he is sent away. That doesn't matter, because he just comes back. Ten seconds. Oh, fuck. Shit, I didn't even get close to- <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened in this book. What? You, like, uh, what? <laughs> it should have taken you ten seconds. <laughs> I don't understand what I did. All right, so someone else is gonna have to take this over. It's I'm... so easy to get hung up on the details. <laughs> oh man! All right, maybe someone else should try. I think you should continue to where you got up to. Yeah. You were doing a good job. All right. So it doesn't matter that he gets sent away because he just comes back later. Our, this dumb bitch loses his sh her shit. This dumb bitch again, by the way, still can't figure out her own fucking name. In the last book, she was confused as to maybe she was wrong about her name. Um, that keeps coming up. She still has not figured out who the fuck she is or where she is. But, like, I don't mean in a metaphorical sense. I mean in a literal sense, she doesn't know her own name. So, anyway, so he comes back, and she, like, loses her shit and sends him away again. She continues to date the painter guy, sort of. We find out that LMA, back in Amish country, LMA has a stroke, and we find out that she has secretly been not Amish this whole time, um, because she believes in Jesus or oh, something yeah. like that, uh, yeah. salvation. Then this dumb bitch's best friend is going to marry the bishop for herself. Dumb bitch's mother calls her a gold-digging whore, which, let's be real, she kind of is. But she gets the band lifted, and they're allowed to talk to her. And then I'm pretty sure what happens next is that we find out painter guy is only dating dumb bitch for her money uh, daniel dead boyfriend comes back and they decide to go away together and be saved and she decides to donate her money to the hospice and she goes back to amish country with him and they start a splinter church and that's where that's what i'm assuming is the ending of this book okay you're close actually you're actually close. <laughs> you're not far off she doesn't the the really the only change I have to make is she doesn't donate her money to the hospice. She donates the entire house when she moves back to Amish country. Because there are so many people dying in Canadagua, New York, that the hospice <laughs> has to expand. They just they yeah. just don't have enough. So many dying children at that. Like let's be clear that this is a children's hospice for some reason. Yeah, I want to. I really need to talk about this plot. That great. That was is. Wait, how did the book actually? And she donated the house, and then she donated the house and moved to Amish country with Daniel, and they go to a Methodist church or not Methodist a Methodist or a Mennonite, Mennonite. Mennonite, Mennonite. Yeah, Methodist Mennonite. is we way too progressive. They like one of, the gays. One of the M's. I don't know. Do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, the Methodists are down with the gays. Except um, they recently had some anti-gay... You know, I don't keep up with it anymore, but... Uh, this is important context. I don't remember if we brought this up last time, but I know I looked it up for this book. We talked about the other two books, how, like, they're, these are stupid evangelical books. They got more evangelical as time went on. And um, I looked it up, and, and Beverly's Pentecostal. It actually explains everything. Oh, wow. uh, yes. yeah. She goes to an assembly of God church, which is Pentecostal. And so like, that's why, which is funny because basically this book is a vehicle for making Pentecostalism look like some sort of radical religious something or other. And the only like, way to do that was to compare it to the Amish. <laughs> right. Because they're trying to make it look really progressive. Yeah. Like radically progressive. Yeah. yeah. Which is 
scary if you think about it that the, like the the foil for your like insane religion is a literal cult. Yeah, I mean the Pentecostals and my grandma was Pentecostal. I mean I'll be the first to say that shit's a cult. The woman who did my grandma's funeral looked like Tammy Faye Breaker straight up. I wanted to decake all the mascara from her eyelashes. Beverly went hard on the evangelizing in this book. She did. And I think that's why I just feel like nothing happened because over and over and over and over and over again, did she mention like being saved and like, all like it got to the point where like, even I was confused. Like I, I was just confused <laughs> about your, sa- was- about your salvation. No, well, I mean, I'm not confused about that. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't exist. Yeah, None of us are, there's no salvation for any of us here. Hail Satan. Or as Katie Lapp and her mother would say, hail Satan, because that's their fabric of choice. I forgot about that. I just still don't understand why after finding a satin baby dress, she would name her pony Satin Boy. It's so stupid. Satin Boy? It's so lazy. Satin Boy. <laughs> Did anybody else look up Laura Mayfield's chi- favorite childhood book? No. Does it exist? Oh, it exists. Please enlighten me. It exists. So there is... Can you read the passage? Do you have the passage? Yes, I have it bookmarked. Let me find it. I was like, this is so weird. She can't have made this up. Well, like, everything about that passage is so weird. Like, she's having her, like, maid read her to sleep like a child. It's... How do I even find my bookmark? Here, I have it. It was called A Girl of the Limberlost. Yes. She's sitting in the library reading a book called A Girl of the Limberlost captivated by the similarities between herself and Elnora Comstock, a girl who caught moths to pay for her schooling. Elnora, a young woman growing up in Indiana during the 1860s, lived by the golden rule, loved nature, and longed to be loved by her mother. That's what they say about it. Now, the Wikipedia uh, plot summary of this book, I will spare you guys because it will take our entire fucking podcast, but let me just say that it explains a lot because... After reading this plot summary, I also felt like maybe I had been sniffing glue. It, it's not at all linear. It doesn't make any sense. And it explains a lot about Beverly Lewis's writing style. But this book is considered a classic of Indiana literature. Um, I, <laughs> I, I was not aware that the great state of Indiana had produced enough literature to have its own classic category. But apparently I was incorrect. It has a terrible, terrible moral, as as do, you know, most of these types of books. Basically, uh, the end goal of this is the main character earning her mother's love through lots of, you know, hard work and sacrifice and self-determination because your mother isn't just supposed to fucking love you. You do have to earn it, yeah. But the horrible evil mother is Catherine. Oh! So she names her daughter not after the heroine, the brave, persevering heroine who uh, wins the love of her mother and then later wins the love of, you know, a British society man and does all these great things, but of the uh, bitter, angry mother who hates her daughter and blames her for uh, her being old and lonely and alone. Well, now this doesn't seem like the mother who gave Jesus a birthday cake on Christmas Day to me. (laughs) Right? I need to revisit the hospice subplot. There's a hospice in Canandaigua. She starts volunteering at it because she's bored. Is that why? I can't remember. Well, she Mm -hmm. has nothing to do. She's all of a sudden thrust into this house with servants like it's the fucking late 1800s. I don't understand that. Many servants. And she's out of place in Canandaigua high society. <laughs> she has to learn how to talk like them. Like, that's repeatedly emphasized. Is there such a thing? Like, No, no. Canandaigua is like 5,000 people and it's economically <laughs> depressed and has been since the 50s. <laughs> 
there is no art community. There are why this what a no. perfect setting for this. It's like it's like it's what people from Buffalo make fun of for being hicks. <laughs> It's oh, <laughs> a low bar. That bad. Wow. So she goes to the hospice, and there's a token child, dying child named Little Willie. <laughs> of course. And Little <laughs> Willie, th- this is the best part of it. I just have a bunch of quotes. So, like, Little Willie serves only as, like, a source of inspiration to her, right? Like, once again, mm-hmm. we see this theme as, like, the handicap being, like, lesser than, but a source of inspiration for others. So, one of my favorite quotes in this is uh willie spoiler alert dies because he's in hospice which by the way i was i could have sworn similar to the last book that like the plot twist was going to be that he was saved through some miracle of faith me in too Jesus, I, I thought so too and then i thought she was gonna like adopt him yeah yeah, yeah. she actually like she proved us wrong but the best part is there's a quote in here after willie she finds out willie dies and she snuggles next to her her beau justin and she goes i never thought he'd die he was in hospital terminal cancer and then she said when she was dis- describing him she goes there's a dear little boy his name is was willie and i came to love him in spite of his terminal disease in spite of wow what the fuck that is fucked up and obviously she does not know what terminal disease means yeah <laughs> the nurse at the hospice and then there's this issue of the hospice needing increasing space right they're like oh of all the we, dying children so many children dying the but nurse, like they're dying too slowly i guess so the there's nurse <laughs> said she had to turn three more patients away this week alone that's not how hospice works that's not how it works at all no, no. sorry you'll have to die alone in the gutter with no pain medication <laughs> Like home hospice is a thing also. Yeah. Willie has been hanging on too long and we we can't spare any beds. Yeah, this is a really that was a really shitty subplot and it made me hope that Beverly has never in fact volunteered in a hospice. Yeah, or had family in one. Is the hospice where she was like leading this quilting group too because I like I got confused there no so that was in her home with some of the people from the hospice but then she met the Amish people in Canadagua which correct me if I'm wrong but I don't think there's a robust Amish community in Canadagua New York there is what there's what? an Amish market well I googled I could find that there's an Amish market there which le- leads me to believe there's enough nearby who are coming to okay. that market to sell all right well, well I stand but- corrected Beverly Lewis does also seem to think that, like, Amish are pervasive enough that anytime anyone hears anything about someone, like, being vaguely atypical, the assumption is that they're Amish. Yeah, she had a line in there like that. Yeah, like, Dan, who's, like, at the B&B, and he's talking about, like, oh, well, you know, some places they don't need to have hospice, and they go, oh, do you mean the Amish? (laughs) Like, what? It's a natural step in that conversation. I also thought that was very strange. I'm like, even I, who live in Amish country, would not have jumped to that conclusion. There's a whole thing also with Dan coming back, and she doesn't recognize him at all when face to face. She literally doesn't know her own name. I think she might have face blindness and also like a severe, (laughs) severe developmental disability of some kind. It's the only explanation. She like invites him in and is like, and you are? He reminded her of someone. Maybe it was one of her cousins. 
Who could tell? She had a billion cousins. That's like literally what she's like. That's her inner thought process because she has face blindness. Oh, this is the comment you're talking about. Yeah. Someone said nursing home. There are some folks who don't ever need such places for the elderly. And the girl said, are you talking about Amish people? Which like what? I, you could have been talking about any people who don't put their kids in people in nursing homes. But yeah, okay. Like... And then uh, the girl goes, uh, you must be plain yourself. The girl had guessed it in spite of his tailored suit and colorful tie. Maybe it was because of the lingering Pennsylvania Dutch accent, beard, and absence of a mustache. I like to think it was because he still had a sexy Dutch bob. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, who the fuck wears a suit and tie to breakfast at a B&B? Especially if you're Amish. It's candlelit. That, I don't like. I don't know why that one particular detail made me so angry, but it made me so angry. Maybe they're having breakfast at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> and they slept, in, they slept in that suit. It's more convenient. That's true. Did anyone notice that Beverly, for like one second, tried to throw in dialect? She did it a few times. Yeah, but like she doesn't do it consistently. It doesn't no. make any sense. So it's just like for one paragraph, she she uh, she says like she gets rid of the vowels and the word probably and like drops the G's on all the words. But like then she doesn't do it again. Although she does keep going back to ain't so. Ain't so and oh, I had another one written down. Shit. Wonderful no. good. Well, she loves goods. that. They, they all love that one. That must be a real phrase. Which, I don't know. I have not heard Amish people say that. Really? Because both she and Wanda put that in both their books so often, I assumed it had to be. I've never heard. Like, never. Maybe Beverly got it from Wanda. Here's an important subplot. Mary and the Bishop. That that Scarlet Jezebel. They went on a date when it was freezing cold and snowing out. To and the he, bank. And he bought her an ice cream sundae and made her eat it yes. all in the buggy. <laughs> and they <laughs> rode in silence for miles. While she got literal frostbite. <laughs> he was like, eat your fucking banana split. But it was the best date she was ever been on. And later she called that incident a tryst, a secret tryst. Mm-hmm. A secret tryst. Oh, and, and he also got that ice cream from a roadside stand because those are usually open in January. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I thought that whole scene was a metaphor because he'd like ordered a banana split and shit. And I thought it was supposed to be kind of sexy. You thought it was like phallic in nature. Well, she said like she wanted it with whipped cream and nuts, please. And Plenty so of nuts, like, please. Plenty of nuts. And then he said a chocolate sundae for her and a banana split for me, which I thought was like a definite reference to like tickling the prostate kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think that Beverly is definitely a enough <laughs> to put prostate references in her Amish fiction. I don't I don't think she knows what a prostate is. No, I don't either. Those Pentecostals. That's what all those Pentecostal preachers call it. Banana splits on a cold winter day. <laughs> Can we talk about the wise woman having a stroke and them not getting her medical care at all? I thought it and then somehow, through them doing, like, range of motion exercises with her arm, her ability to speak and think comes back. Because yes. I'm confused. I was under the impression that that's not how this works. But I might That is not how this works. Also, they changed her name. Because in the previous book, she was LMA Zook, right? Yes. Right. Yes, she they was. They called her LMA Byler in this one. Oh, really? Yeah, they fucked up her last name. Huh. That's her editor really did like just check the fuck out. Nailed on this. It in. Yeah, it looks great. They'll read it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we already got the Hallmark movie deal. I, I can't <gasps> oh. wait. I cannot wait to watch that. Oh my god, I forgot about the Hallmark movie. <sighs> oh, and so when I was when I uh I was looking online at some stuff earlier and I, I found that the uh Hallmark movie adds in another subplot no. where where dumb bitch's dad exists. Oh, because this book doesn't even deal with it. 
Mm-hmm. The one that, uh, that, uh, what, what is her mom's name? Why can't I remember her? Laura. Name? Laura. The one that Laura got fucked by in high school. Yeah. And then, and then I, I forgot about that part too. The reason why Catherine went to the Amish family is because her mom took her on a vacation to Lancaster when her <laughs> uh-huh. daughter was like close to term. Yep. And then she gave birth there. And was like, yep. I'm just going to give her away to this nice Amish couple because I want her to learn to be hardworking. Yes. What? So they, you watched it, Kristen? No, no. I was just reading, a, I, I read a, like a plot summary. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't think she has a dad in the book. They, they, the filmmakers found this so hollow. They had to add that in. <laughs> Seriously. The, yeah. Back to LMA. Yeah. It was like, I forget their reasoning for not taking it over to the hospital, but I made a note. Oh, cause she wanted to die at home. But then she didn't die. She just right. lay there and they were like, oh, I guess this is what happens. And it's like, no, get her medical attention, you twit. But they don't have insurance. But, well, so they don't. But what they do is they basically pull community. Yeah, they pull community yeah. money into like an insurance fund. So like there are plenty of Amish people in the like cardiovascular intensive care unit. I highlighted this thing where it says Maddie slid a chair over next to the bed and sat there holding her breath as the left side of LMA's facial muscles begin to weaken and sag. And I wrote, so instead of getting treatment as early as possible, she'll just survive the stroke and suffer forever. Yes. <laughs> is basically mm-hmm. what you've done here. Right. Like a stroke typically does not kill you right away. So Mm-mm. like medical treatment would be good. Act fast. Fast. The fast acronym, right? Yeah. Facial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facial. Uh, Facial shit. asymmetry. Asymmetry. <sighs> Speech. See. No. Yeah. Oh, yes. Speech and touching. I don't time, remember. Time, time, you time. Time. Quick, and they were not quick. You know what? You two are nurses. There's no excuse for you to be to not know that. I'm Whatever. Not, I do I'm psychiatry, and I'm drunk. Fuck off, man. <laughs> You're like neither of us deal with stroke patients. <laughs> That's not my area. <laughs> um, I found a really good fact. Uh, what's the word for bad fact? Wrong fact. Fake fact, news. Fake news. I found fake news in this. Yeah. Um, do you remember this part where she makes Mississippi mud or something? Oh, like Mississippi that, or some mud dessert? pie? Yeah. She wrote, it's been in my adopt. The recipe has been in my adoptive family for hundreds of years. She says it's an Amish delicacy. I fact checked this bitch. The earliest known print recipe of that <laughs> dessert comes from 1975. That sounds so, right. Where did you fact check that? That's amazing. Internet, baby. <laughs> the internet. It's beautiful. There's a whole article yeah. on that shit. Good job. Um, speaking of fake news, there's also a bit where, like, dumb bitch goes to buy some jam from, like, a local Amish family she hears about somehow. And uh, the Amish family are, like, shocked that she wants to pay them for their jam. And um, <laughs> That's on sale. Oh, and no, because they were making it at home. That's right. Right. And they were like, oh, you don't want to just write us a check? And she's like, do all those checks bounce later? And they were like, how do you know that? And like... <laughs> Secret Amish ways. Like, <laughs> and then like, there's like a whole conversation about that she has with her driver about like people taking advantage of the kind-hearted Amish. No, and like, no, the Amish no. are fucking cutthroat when it comes incorrect. to business. Yeah, so Cutthroat. Yeah, they're not going to let your fucking check bounce. No. They will come after you. Can we talk about her relationship with Justin, the tuxedo-wearing artist? Where does Justin come from? Canadagua! (laughs) (laughs) It's it's bustling art scene. 
Her maid, Rosie, goes, has Justin asked you to spend the rest of your life with him? And my note was, you've been on five dates. Jesus Christ. Slow well, down. I mean, in Amish land, they'd be married already. So. This is Canadawa, mm-hmm. baby. It's the seed of culture. So um, what I thought was interesting about her is, like, Justin was never completely, like, uh, anti-religion, right? He was just, like, kind of ambivalent towards it. And she just hated that shit oh yeah he was not nearly Pentecostal to the point where enough. she was she was even like offended that he would suggest that they go away on easter sunday oh the horror yeah he she just really uses him he's and he takes her he takes her he takes her to bellhurst castle and niagara falls and they go yeah niagara falls and he wears a tuxedo to all of those outings does beverly lewis know no one has literally ever worn a tuxedo in public if beverly lewis has a whole fantasy life that she thinks she could be living but isn't living like you live in canadagua because she likes it because she went there once the driver is drives as smooth as vanilla pudding because she likes vanilla pudding so that's why she chose that metaphor like i think everything we're reading here is just everything beverly's wanted for herself i also think it's very strange so like she has this driver and she's supposedly filthy rich now but then has to take a bus to Lancaster County. Why does she take a bus to Lancaster County? Did she take a bus? I don't even remember that yes, part. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, she didn't want to f- to flaunt her wealth by taking a limo back, but it still doesn't make sense. Like she apparently has all this money, but then gets on a Greyhound bus to Lancaster County. The Amish do love the Greyhound buses. They do. And they smell. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ride yeah. that bus too many times. Yeah, it's it's not a pleasant odor. There's almost literally nothing else to talk about in this book. That's how little anything happened. I was going to say, there's nothing that happened. I mean, she does marry Daniel at the end, right? And they're Mennonite. They're like serious Mennonite. She wears a prayer covering again. (sighs) She keeps like trying to act like there's going to be like mishaps or miscommunications or things like that. But then like they don't actually go anywhere. Now it's right. gonna pan out, except for like all the wacky mishaps between the two Katie laps. That I, that was just so stupid to me at the beginning. It's like, you, that's not her real name. Like her, they're using your mistress's real name, and you're still like, no, no, I'm sorry, he can't. He must be looking for the actress. No, what? Like that's the actress's name was not Katie Lap. But like, if you recall in the last book, when Katie Lap was introduced to Katie Lap, she literally went, "Oh, am I not actually Katie Lap?" <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm not <laughs> I both loathe this series of books and am tempted to read another Beverly Lewis series. I can I need a break first because <laughs> I do too. Do we have do we want to talk about what our next book would be? Oh, I don't know if we've picked our next book yet. Let's uh we let's let's pan this out. Okay. We've got next on our list we could choose from the Expectant Amish Widow series. Oh, I know. The Outside of the Canon Gay Amish Romance series. Mm. The Police Detective series, the Amish mystery ones. One called the Plain Fear series, which is Amish paranormal fiction with vampires. Or the (laughs) Heaven on Earth series, which is Amish paranormal fiction with angels. What? (laughs) We could do Amish Young Adult, which is the Summerhill Secret stories. We could do the first ever Amish romance novel from 1905. Oh. Or I have a question mark next to this. I don't know if the series exists, but I bet it does. The Interracial Amish Adoption series, which I very much (laughs) hope Wait. Is that really a thing? I don't know. I wrote a question mark there, which would imply that I think it does <laughs> exist. <laughs> or alternatively, for the next episode, is we could watch the fucking Hallmark movie. 
I know it sounds painful. <laughs> I Nobody wants. None of us wants here's, to watch here's it. Here's the thing: I would be like much more inclined to watch it if I could get drunk or something. Yeah, but yeah. I can't. So. Oh yeah, that's right. Wait, oh, what? Kristen knows. Oh, Kristen I'm doesn't pregnant. know. I'm pregnant. Oh, yay! Oh, congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, no, that has to be safe for when the three of us can be drunk together. Yeah, for on, sure. Like, a, FaceTime, yeah. yeah. Well, so, like, now, now that you're pregnant, well, this would be a great time to start the Expectant Amish Widows series. Yeah, let's do <laughs> Actually, it. that's a good point. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. So the Expectant Amish Widows series is written by Samantha Price. Oh, and so a new author. Okay, new I have author. high hopes, high hopes. And I think she's another hard hitter in the, like, you know, traditional Amish canon shit. I'll let's have to look. get another chicken. Oh, yeah, it's a name after <laughs> <laughs> a 19 book series what the fuck? okay we're not reading all of them no <laughs> it's seriously 19 books that's what it says there's the amish widow's hope the pregnant amish widow amish widow's faith the their son's amish baby which i think that one like the son had died and like the uh, yeah see an amish love story pregnant oh the pregnant amish nanny which um Ooh. i think i heard that's all within her pregnant expectant amish yes, widow one it's the, not within her she's got 160 books in a dozen series no no, no these are all with the pregnant widow's amish vacation the amish what? firefighter's widow i don't think the amish take vacations amish widows yeah, where do they, they go? Do, no they do no, they go they go to florida yeah, and they, they go camping sometimes, which, how is that much different than your daily Right? Life? Like, you already don't have electricity or bathrooms, like, yeah. Yeah. Like gonna <laughs> Amish Widow's Secret, the middle-aged Amish Widow, the Amish Widow's Escape, the Amish Widow's Christmas, inspirational Amish romance. Should we just start with the first three? Maybe. The Amish Potato Farmer's Widow. Well, I gotta have that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm not making any of these. Oh, thoughts. the Amish Firefighter's Widow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. Did you see the cover for that, too? It's like a silhouetted Amish woman against a fire. Speaking of covers, can we discuss why Anna Kendrick was on the cover of, uh, of yeah. the Beverly Lewis series? You know, we all had to do things for money that we're not proud of. <laughs> Somebody should ask her. Yeah, like, that's definitely Anna Kendrick. It really does look just like her. You know what upsets me, by the way, is I had written on the plane in, like, a fugue state. I did an entire fanfic rewrite of the Beverly Lewis series. Did you really? Uh, like, a loose outline of it. And because I made the note on the title page of the ebook, I cannot view the fucking note again for some reason. What? I can only view the first things in the note. And I did it in a fugue state, so I can't remember what I wrote. Oh, no. I know. You'll have to go to Morocco and get stuck there for three months again. And, like, let it come back to me. Yeah. That's that's the only... I know. I can tell you what it started with was that Katie was adopted by the Amish, but her mother is not wealthy. She was, like, a washed-out addict living in a trailer park. That's more... Accurate. That's more accurate, yeah. Yeah, I was going for, like, a much more accurate kind of thing. And I know I wrote some really good shit in there, and I'm really sad I can't read it again. Next time you get abandoned in a foreign country. Okay, abandoned is strong. She got intentionally (laughs) stranded. (laughs) I may or may not have she opted did that to, to herself. I know, seriously. <laughs> she just opted to not be saved. Yeah. Everyone's like, you poor thing. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to the beach. I kind of chose that. Yeah. I feel like anybody who knows you would have known. <laughs> yeah, I'd only had to, I only had to play up the stranding for work. So the first three books in the Expectant Amish Widow series are Amish Widow's Hope, The Pregnant Amish Widow, and Amish Widow's Faith, which... Don't sound nearly as exciting as the other ones we just rattled off. Do we have to read? I don't know. I would say we should at least read the first one in the series. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then kind of go from there. Yeah. 
Because then yeah. maybe we can skip around because their son's Amish baby sounds very good. Yeah. As well as the pregnant Amish nanny sounds wonderful. The pregnant oh, sounds... Amish vacation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the firefighters. Would, I mean, I think the Amish firefighters would have yeah. yeah. read. Spoiler alert. The middle-aged Amish widow is 27. <laughs> She's basically close to death. Shock. Shock. She's definitely 27. Okay, let's find a uh, blurb for at least the first one. Can we read? Let's see. Anita is not looking for a replacement husband. Another man is the last thing on her mind, but it seems everyone in her new Amish community has decided her baby needs a father, and that leads to one embarrassing situation after another. She soon forms a friendship with Simon and wonders what, wonder why he's been overlooked in everybody's matchmaking schemes. Can Anita convince everyone that she and her baby are fine on their own? Probably not. No. No. That's it? That was the plot? That's the plot. It gets very high ratings overall on Amazon, but this one, oh, there's one that's only two stars. It says just okay. The Amish Firefighter's Widow has almost five stars out of 35 ratings. Uh-huh. It's good. That Imagine the fetish that that fulfills, like firefighter fetish, Amish fetish. That's like a very Amish weird cross section. It's an intersection of like small town sexual fantasy. This is written specifically for Lancaster County. Oh, these are short too. I'm looking at them on Audible now. Three hours. Perfect. Oh, good. I can speed listen to that in like one commute time. Great. Amazing. Yeah. I'm irritated because these aren't available for free on um on the Audible uh ro- like romance subscriptions. So now I actually have to buy the fucking book and read the fucking book because I'm not paying $10 for this shit. We got to hurry up and put this out so that we can start getting a fan base and then get free Amish series. Yeah, <laughs> people can I, send us. Yes. Yeah, I yes. do feel disgusting every time I give money to these publishers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so expect an Amish Widow series book one. We got to do it. Let's do a closing. I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue, and so did you. Ow.